Praise God. Just a few announcements here before we go to the Word. We are having a fellowship coffee and goodies time after the service. Stay for that and have fellowship together. We will be resuming our normal 9.30 Sunday morning activities next Sunday, January 6th. And then Wednesday activities will resume on January 9. And that's pretty much what we'll share for announcements today. Get right into the word. We've got a lot of... It's a big meal, you might say, of the word today that I'm going to be sharing and Anthony has a number of things there he's going to be putting up on the screen so that we can get it in the eye gate too. And um, you might call the message Christmas Jubilee. And a summary of that this today might be that Jesus came as a human being so that he could make the great redemptive sacrifice which allows us to be in God's presence and receive all of his blessings. And through Jesus, all things that the devil has stolen are now restored to us as we receive them by faith. Hallelujah. So let's look back at that first, well, back in Matthew, at Jesus' birth here, and some very interesting things. And throughout these scriptures, there are some capitalizations. I put those in there for emphasis. But it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And this is what was prophesied, that he would be born of a virgin. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. And then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now we mentioned earlier that Dane did that with the song God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen and there's some really powerful things in that song. Here's just something about that song. The lyrics of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen are traditional old English and date back to the 15th century. The author is unknown. 
It became popular in England ever since it was sung to Ebenezer Scrooge by the carolers and Dickens' A Christmas Carol. God Rest You Merry Gentlemen continues to be enjoyed, and the lyrics to this simple carol are reputed to be the oldest, one of the oldest Christmas carols. But look at this, and I put caps in here too to bring some things out for a couple of verses. It says, God rest you. Mary, gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power. And that's for today. December 30, 2018, for today. When we were gone astray, O tidings of comfort and joy, Comfort and joy, O tidings of comfort and joy. Fear not. And those songs that we sang this morning, day, and they just fell right in line with the message and, well, with us too. Fear not. Then said the angel, let nothing you affright. This day is born a savior of a pure virgin bright to free all those who trust in him. To free all those. That's the message of liberty and jubilee this morning. To free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. And fear is a big part of that. Huge part of it. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Tidings of comfort and joy. So we saw there, it's that God rests us. He we receive that rest from him. And we should let nothing dismay. That word dismay, it means to cause someone to feel very worried, disappointed, or upset. And if you are that way about something this morning, which I'm sure some here are, this is the word. That we are to let nothing dismay us. Because we're remembering Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. That word remember, it means to have or to keep an image or an idea in your mind of something or someone from the past, to think of something or someone from the past again, to bring it into our thoughts. And I'm so thankful that we do have a Christmas celebration where this is brought to our minds every year at this time. But it's to save us all from Satan's power. Oh, what tidings of comfort and joy they are. And then again, that second verse there, to free us all, all who trust in him, from that power of Satan. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, all of future mankind came under the bondage and power of Satan. We came under the bondage of sin and the power of Satan. You could say that we came under his lordship. We see this in Ephesians 2, starting at verse 1, where it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of the world. This is before Christ now. According to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens, the spirit now working in the disobedient. He's called the God of this world. But from the foundation of the world, Almighty God 
had an answer. He had a plan. He had a savior, a deliverer. Jesus Christ, the Lord. You know, in Revelation 13, 8, it speaks of Jesus as the Lamb of God, the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. From the foundation of the world. And in Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us, I get this, he chose you, put your name in there, in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I could camp on that just a little bit, but I want to move on because I want there's a lot here that I just want the Holy Spirit's going to speak it to your hearts, to our hearts, as we just continue through this here today. God, the Father's plan to make us holy and without blame so that we could be in his presence and fellowship with him was to have his son, Jesus, become a human being conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of a woman and then being born as a little baby. This little newborn would be named Jesus and he would become the fulfillment of what all the bloody animal sacrifices of the old covenant pointed to and he would become the sacrificial lamb who would die for you and me to pay the required price for sin and that's what he did for all mankind so the eternal almighty God became a man a human being just like you and just like me Philippians 2 6 who and this is speaking of Christ Jesus being note that word being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of men. This morning I've got a couple quotes from some men I respect highly. One is Rick Rinner, this first one. It's from his December newsletter. And he says this, Jesus has eternally existed. In Philippians 2.6, Paul began by describing the pre-existence of Jesus before he came to the earth as a man saying, who being in the form of God. Now the word being is a translation of the Greek word shown there, and it depicts something that has always existed. So Paul is telling us that Jesus has always existed in the form of God, Renner says. And this means that in Jesus' pre-existence, he, took, he looked just like God. He was not just a component of God, nor a symbol of God. In reality, he was God. And Jesus possessed the very shape and outward appearance of God, a form that includes great splendor, glory, and power. That's the end of his quote there. 
We've been blessed this last month to have these banners be in the back, and they're from on the back wall here, front wall. They're from Isaiah 9, starting at verse 6, which talks about Jesus' birth. It says, For unto us a child is born, and this is prophesied, 700-some years before he was born, unto us a son is given, the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. This talking about this Jesus who is to come, who is to be our salvation. But he is God. It's important to know, he is man. He was God who became man. And in the Bible, God's great plan, it's first revealed in Genesis 3.15. And we read there, it says, this was just after man had fallen and Satan had tempted, and, and God said to Satan, he said, I will put enmity between you, that's Satan, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now here's a quote from Kenneth Hagin, from his devotional book, Faith Food. A great plan. We just read about it there. In Genesis 3.15, mankind fell, but God had a plan. A great plan. Redemption. God assumed the liabilities of man's transgressions and redeemed him from Satan's dominion. God had a plan to give life back to man. God's plan allowed man's nature to be changed back into harmony with God's nature. God could not ignore man's transgressions. Justice demanded that the penalty for man's crime be paid. But man, we could not pay it. Man himself was unable to pay that price. Therefore, because man couldn't save himself... God had to provide a redeemer and no sooner had man fallen under the dominion of his enemy Satan than God began to speak forth his plan concerning the coming one. This one, the seed of woman for it was prophesied that a woman would give birth to a child independent of natural generation. So it's a seed of woman. And it would break Satan's dominion over mankind. This one would set men free. This one would bruise the head of the serpent. Hagen goes on, in oriental languages, bruising the head means breaking the lordship or of a ruler. And when God spoke those words to Satan in Genesis 3.15, Satan had just come into dominion, meant to belong to man. But God spoke, he spoke forth that his wonderful seed of woman would come to break Satan's lordship over your life 
and over my life and over your children's lives and grandchildren's and loved ones and it was done for all. We've been mentioning throughout this year of 2018 that Tin Strike Community Church it was begun in 1968. And in that year, the spiritual baton, you might call it, was passed from Shiloh Presbyterian Church, which began in 1901. We had a celebration in, in uh, 2001 celebrating that. Joyce found this. It's a, a marker that we had back then, Tin Strike Community Church. Roots going back to 1901. We are called to be bearers of light to our neighbors near and far, every believer a minister. But from 1968 to 2018, which is this, has been this year, it's 50 years, thus making this what we could call a jubilee year for TCC. Now the truth is, Jesus is our jubilee. And that extends for as long as we're here on this earth, right on into 2019 and beyond. But on this last Sunday of 2018, we remember again that through the great redemptive sacrifice of Jesus, God has freed us from Satan's oppressive lordship. And this is true of any area of your life. The Jubilee Proclamation includes the restoration of all things lost. The restoration of all things lost. Now we're going to read in Leviticus about the year of Jubilee, which Jesus talked about in Luke 4.19 when he proclaimed it as the acceptable year of the Lord. But let's look back. Leviticus 25, and we're reading from the Amplified Bible here. And you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all the inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his ancestral possession, which through poverty he was compelled to sell. And each of you shall, be, shall return to his family from whom he was separated in bond service. Today, again, the Lord Jesus is proclaiming to all of us that he has paid the full price for our redemption for all of the oppression of our enemy Satan. And we must know that our oppressor is the devil. Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That oppression, that, well, God desires good for us. The devil desires bad for us. The bad things that you see coming forth in your life, they're from the devil. They're from sin and all that junk. 
But God desires good for us, and he's made the way for us. He wants good. John 10.10 says, The thief comes not except to steal and to kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life, and that you might have it abundantly, abundant life. Let's look at that passage in Luke 4.16 where where Jesus proclaimed the Jubilee. And all of this was part of that. The first part as well. You'll see here in a moment. So he came to Nazareth, that's Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And this was written about him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to bring, proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's that year of Jubilee. Um, in the Amplified Bible for that verse, it says to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. Restoration of all things stolen and lost. Back in February of this year, I think it was possibly the first Sunday that I mentioned this, that it was Jubilee year here. But it was uh, specifically on February 11. Arliss Adamson shared with me a vision that she had on her way to church that morning. And actually, I have it right here. She wrote it down. And I had the sense that at some point in the year that I'd be sharing this. I, I didn't think it would be the last Sunday, but it's exactly what it is. But on the way to church that morning, or even before she started, she was having her time with the Lord, intimate fellowship with the Lord. But on the way to church, as soon as she got in the car, she started praying in a, in a tongue. And it seemed like an intercessory tongue, some kind of a tongue that she had not prayed in before. She didn't remember anyway. And as she drove north, the prayer intensified. And about two-thirds or three-quarters of the way to the church, she saw a big, huge dragon in the sky. And it covered the whole region, the whole area. Now, dragons are symbolic of evil. They can be symbolic of poverty. But things bad. And in Revelation, the devil is called a dragon. We'll read that here in Revelation 12.9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And Arliss shared that she didn't see an angel, but as the intensity of the prayer came forth and it got stronger, a big, huge sword appeared in the sky, and it slayed the dragon right through the middle. Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus took on flesh 
and the nature of mankind and that he has already destroyed the devil's power and lordship over us if we'll receive it. See, we need to know this. We need to know it and not let the devil deceive us into thinking it's not true for us, for our current life, for our situation, for those that we love and are praying for. And we need to reclaim what the devil has stolen from us. Hebrews 2.14 Inasmuch then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Destroy. It's like to paralyze, to render ineffective. That's the truth about the devil today. But he deceives, he lies, he tries to tell us he has great power, and he tries to bring us fear. Fear is one of the greatest things, because that's like the opposite of trust in God. But he came that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death and fear everything else were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he gives aid. He does give aid to the seed of Abraham. The King James Version for that verse says, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. And then verse 17, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be merciful, a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. That, that word... I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that word means propitiation. It means to, this word describes Christ through his sacrificial death as completely appeasing the wrath of God on account of sin. And it depicts the sacrifice of Jesus as opening the door for God's love and mercy to connect with mankind and bring reconciliation. What it means is, is Jesus is the complete, total answer for us, for sin. And he brings the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favors of God profusely abound and to restore all things that the enemy has stolen from you. So, what are some possible things that can be stolen from us? Hope? Vision? I wrote a few down here. You, the Lord may show you something else, but the joy of living a loving attitude, peace of mind, faith for whatever, you know, whatever 
you would believe for. Maybe stolen hunger for the word of God. Or craving for intimate fellowship with God. Or desire for fellowship with other believers. Or Jesus' lordship in your life. Or maybe it's mental health or emotional health or physical health. Or godly, life-giving priorities. Other things you can think of, the Lord speak it right to your heart right now. The enemy lies to us. Those songs we sang this morning, like fear he is a liar. You know, he tries to tell us we can't do it, we won't do it, we'll never do it. It's time to cast off of those fears. Throw them in the fire, like that song says. Throw them in the fire. Go forth in the name of Jesus. Receive back. It's the day of jubilee in Jesus. It's always that day of jubilee for us. Now, here, today. And what we need to do sometimes is get angry at the devil. Just tell him, you get out of my life. You leave me alone. Now, the blood of Jesus has been poured out for me that I might be whole in body, mind, emotion, in every way in my life. And things that you have tried to steal from me, tried to steal hope or vision, the joy of living, a loving attitude, peace of mind, faith, hunger for the Word of God, craving for intimate fellowship with God, desire for fellowship with other believers, the Lordship of Jesus in my life, I receive it anew and afresh right now. From you, Holy Spirit. Shimonomokosh telekidiete kiliminiesto. Shileto korieta yamas and tikindo korieta. Shendimo kayasalakadiete holomokosieto. For it's not tomorrow. It's not the next day or next week or next month. Don't wait for next year. Right now, receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness and that which has been stolen by the enemy. Receive it today anew and afresh. Cast down evil imaginations and thoughts that exalt themselves against God and His Word. Come in line with the Word of God. Cast down every lie, deceitful lie of the enemy. We do that now, Lord. And we do it now. And we
we also pray for loved ones that you would bring to our mind right now. We intercede. We see what has taken place. That dragon has been sliced. Paralyzed. He is no longer Lord over me or you. So we won't allow him to be it anymore in our lives. As we close today, you might have noticed that we didn't have, I didn't have the blessed life moment at the beginning before the message, but it's really like we can have it right now here because part of what can be lost is finances too, stolen. Lost finances, lost income, lost job, lost faith for giving tithes and offerings, lost vision for giving financially, period, lost desire for giving, lost joy in giving. This is the day of Jubilee where all that has been lost is restored. Jesus is our Jubilee. Every today is Jubilee Day in Christ Jesus. And when it comes to the whole area of finances, as we seek God and seek him first in his kingdom, he is going to take care of us so we can cast the care of those things on him. And we'll finish today with one more scripture. I know we've had a lot of it, a lot of it today. Like a big meal, like I did on uh, Christmas Eve day, I gained four or five pounds in one day. That's the truth. Because uh, I weighed myself the day before and the day after. I could not believe. And I thought, why don't I lose four or five pounds in one day? You know, I can, I can gain. But anyway, okay. Luke twelve twenty two says, Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, This is why I tell you, not to worry about everyday life, whether you will have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food, and your body's more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any bird.